Giants 31, Commanders 19. Welcome to Talking Giants presented by Seeky. I'm your host, Bobby Skinner, here with my co-host, Justin Pennick. And Tommy DeVito, one and one as a starter, 500. He wins his first game. The jersey juice is real. Justin, I was watching the Brian Dale press conference. I thought it was very funny because there's been so many stories written about DeVito from New Jersey that it's like kind of it's almost like ironic at this point to like mention that he's from Jersey. And Art uh Asked Dable, like, hey, is there any, like, you know, juice that he brings? And Ark's like, or, or Brian Dable interrupts him. He's like, he's from Jersey. And Ark's like, yeah, I know, <laughs> I know, I know. Uh, so the Giants won a game, Justin, in the midst of all this tank talk. We'll get into the game. There's a lot of, like, a lot of good guys, a lot of important people did their job well today. But we'll obviously talk about, like, the tank implications, too. How are you? Yeah, I'm good, man. Obviously, Tommy DeVito is a really cool story, but uh, you know, throughout throughout the game, I kind of had that Larry David gift for looking for every reason to be mad, but I kind of I kind of just can't be like, meh, 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 meh. it's a cool day. The DeVito story is really cool, uh, but honestly, it's probably just more funny than than anything. An Italian Guido who probably grew up watching the Jersey Shore went to Don Bosco, still lives at home. Gets chicken cutlets after practice. Just won a game at quarterback for the New York Football Giants. Um, in a lost season, I think it's a cool story, especially like you know being a Jersey guy myself. Um, and despite losing, being like the best thing that could have happened, kind of felt like the locker room and everyone's trust in each other kind of needed this today. Yeah, again, I don't think this winning this game is more helpful for the team long term than, uh you know, than having, you know, a top draft pick. Correct. But we'll get we'll get into we'll get into all of that. I actually I actually do want to talk about the whole mindset. And we for the we try for ninety five percent of this podcast to really not address like social media reaction. Like it's a podcast about the Giants, not a podcast about social media reaction about the Giants. But I do want to do it for this because this is like the first time we've been in this situation. And then we'll get into like all the ins and outs of this game because I thought the Giants I thought the Giants offensive coaching staff had a masterful game plan and of realizing the personnel that they had and playing the opponent that they were. And then defensively like after dominating them in that game a few weeks ago Wink really changed up the entire game plan and self-scouted of, of ways the commanders probably were going to adjust. Um, so some like phenomenal coaching, which is again, which is what like out of the things that we want to see going forward uh, do well the rest of the season, what is like top, top five in there is all these coaches to do well with what they have to, to put up good game plans, even if the talent ends up losing out for which will happen for the rest of the season, most likely. But Obviously, you want the Giants to have a better pick, and they fall from the second pick to the fifth pick after the the fifth pick after this win. 
But my thing is like, hey, I'm not going to complain about seeing guys like Kayvon make plays. The offensive staff scheme, you know, scheming guys wide open. So I want to hit this from a few angles. First, they are not out of contention from a top two pick. They are very far from out of a contention. Six games left. (laughs) Like next week's game. And again, th- we said it. We said it on the preview pod, Justin. Right? We, I don't think either. Ne- no, neither one of us thought they would win this game, but we talked about it. Is if there was any game this offense could look functional under Tommy DeVito, it is the Commanders because they are a bad, not just a bad defense, but an undisciplined defense. And that was before they traded away Chase Young and Montez Sweat. Yeah. Um. And they're badly coached, too, which we can talk about that. Very poorly coached defensively. Um, You play the Patriots next week or in that top five with you. That will be a big decider. Like, And I think the Patriots defense will eat Tommy DeVito alive. And will the Cardinals and Bears win more games? Both of them almost won this week against some good competition. And they also play each other, um, right? So, And the Cards, I think, probably just going to win some games. So worst-case scenario, like – the Bears have a first pick and like the second pick, right? That's like, and the Giants are third, fourth, fifth. And then you're kind of put in a situation to where you'd have to trade up with the Bears for that second pick. Um, So again, you're not out of the QB sweepstakes. And the last time I heard all of this, like the reaction of like, oh my gosh, this is so horrible. We got our best draft pick since Odell. And the other team had got a guy. They ended up trading a third round pick. And yes, that was the that was against the Commanders in the Chase Young Bowl, aka the Andrew Thomas Bowl. The decider of what the Giant of what will make the Giants being good going forward is if their GM and head coach are really good, right? Not living and dying on one pick. Now, obviously, that one pick can be the difference maker. But again, if they believe that the that one of those guys is the guys. You know, or the second guy, like Drake May, say Caleb, Caleb Williams goes one, Bears take him, then they're shopping pick number two. Then you you do what you can to trade up, and you're in as good a position as anybody to do that. And then here's, like, the ultimate thing. I have no control over what happens, and I'm not going to cry and moan when my favorite team's coaches and players do their job well. One, right? Yep. That's my, like, meathead, like, suck it up take. The second one is, and this, this is the one that is more, like, since if you can show me a history of having the first or second pick by without trading up consistently leading to teams being championship contenders, I'd be devastated. But that is just not the case. So I'm not going to treat this like a Super Bowl loss, even though at the end of the day, I would rather have the higher pick than this win. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I'm, I'm now at a, I'm finally at a point, Bobby, where I'm like, all right, man, I know we can be the commanders. I know we could be the commanders. And one of the things that I was saying to some people online after the game that we're like, well, this is the worst thing that could have happened. It's like, don't worry. There's plenty of more chances to lose. You know, you know how usually, oh, there's plenty of other chances to go out there and win. And we have, we have more games left on the schedule. It's like, don't worry. There's, there's plenty of other games that the giants could go out there and lose and look really bad again. So, so don't have no fear. That's probably coming. Dude, we just own the commanders. Like I, I, I know, I know people, like, yeah, Justin, no shit. Like, we've been saying this for years, Justin. I'm finally now at a point where it's like, if if the Commanders can't beat Tommy DeVito and this team that was very, very ready to give up, and especially if they got off to somewhat of a slow start, they would have, like, the defense would have let their foot off the gas. The offense wouldn't have, you know, if they continue to 
take sacks and not get these explosive plays. And if that defense was even halfway decently coached up, uh, you know, not allowing explosive plays, guarantee the Giants' offense wouldn't have, you know, put up points. They put up so many points because the Giants' special teams and defense forced six turnovers today and only scored 24 points off of those six turnovers, which is an insane sentence. Um, we just own the commanders. So let's see it against an opponent where it's not the Washington commanders, where, which odds are, what do the Giants have a minus 120-something point differential? Maybe It's maybe even more than that. You know, not playing the Washington Commanders, and then they have like a plus 11-point differential, whatever, playing the Commanders this year. So we obviously, we own the Commanders. We, we know this. Great. Does good for the locker room. Does good for some, you know, uh, you know, the cool Tommy DeVito story. Does good for some people. Great. We have six more games left, and odds are they're going to lose. And also, Ty- Tyrod Taylor does co- coming back. That will make the Giants competitive in some of these games, which is that's also the if you're a, if you're a tank fan, that's like the looming black cloud that's hanging over you right now. Yeah, yeah. So if 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 you are like all in on like I don't want to hear shit about except for the Giants losing, Tyrod Taylor returning is more detrimental than this individual win against the Commanders. Correct. I I 100% agree with that. And you're right. We do own the Commanders. We're seven two and one in the in the Talking Giants era. I'm going to start just doing stat books like that in the Talking Giants era. Um, yeah. It was also really I, funny seeing the broadcast of the Giant. The last time that the Giants did this, that they forced five turnovers, that they forced six six turnovers, was against the Commanders and so and so year. The last time that they did this was was against the Commanders and so and so year. And I have one of those stats too. We, uh, the Giants, we are to the Commanders what Boston Scott is to the Giants. Oh yeah. I, th- I certainly think it's a little bit worse than that. Uh, but yes, the 100%. Uh, eight total plays of 20-plus yards for the Giants today. The previous season best was seven versus the Commanders on October 22nd. Uh, good news. The Giants had five plays of 20-plus yards versus the Vikings Christmas Eve last year. That was their best offensive output last year. So good good news. We're trending in the right direction in these single games. Seven plus seven twenty plus yard plays earlier in the year, eight plus twenty yard plays today against the commanders. Um every regime just loves playing Washington. When was the last time that the Giants had more than eight plays of twenty plus yards in Giants history? When was the last time that they had more than eight in one game, Bobby? Was it the Andrew Thomas Bowl? It was the Andrew Thomas Bowl against Washington. So look at that. We just love playing Washington. Doesn't matter the regime. Um, Rivera. No, Rivera wasn't the coach of that. That was Jay Gruden still. Was, was, Jay Jay, Gruden. was Jay Gruden fired in season? Um, no, I he may yes he was because you remember Ron Rivera was basically lined up to coach him like the day after the season ended. Jack Del Rio should be fired tomorrow. He yeah, should have been fired bit. weeks ago, but tomorrow. Yeah. I actually think Jack Del Rio might be a better head coach than defensive coordinator. I'd agree with that. The Giants offense, though, like they basically schemed up like we're going for it types of plays. And after like the fourth drive, because there was all those sacks, right? But they also had like, like you said, those explosive plays. And I really think this coaching staff looked at the veto, right? And and you look at that Cowboys game, and obviously the Cowboys are always going to win that game, and they're always going to have a good game versus Tommy DeVito. But DeVito just like couldn't do the basic like stuff getting the ball out quick right and he was just so overwhelmed by pressure that i really think the giants just had a mindset of like you know what we know teams are going to sell out to stop the run so we're going to work play action number one and we're going to put in some max protect long developing plays and just tell and give devito like an open window to just fire the ball in 
And then he's going to take sacks regardless of if we're working quick game or not. And that's the way they ended, right? So you have nine sacks on 36 dropbacks, 25% of the time. That's insane. That's an insane rate to be sacked. But you also had 13.6 yards per completion. You had nine and a half yards per attempt. You know, seven passes of 15 yards or more with the slate and 40-yarder being the longest. Yes. Um, You know, so you were just going and creating chunk plays and chunk plays. And, yeah. DeVito, like, did not – I don't look at this game and say, oh, DeVito played really well. No. I look at this game and say, this like, DeVito honestly didn't – I don't think – if you look at this in the grand scheme of things, and we're not judging him on the scale of what you expect from Tommy DeVito, it wasn't this very good quarterback game. It's like he threw guys that were wide open, and then when they weren't wide open, he took sacks and, and, and had, like, you know, boneheaded plays. Yeah, he still can't throw hot. Like the, you, you, you pointed out, was it the fourth down that they went for it, that they, that they ran a mesh concept and guys were just wide open and Tommy DeVito takes another sack. It's almost like he's better and more, no, I don't want to say more accurate. It's almost like he feels more comfortable working near or at or past the sticks than he is working the quick game and getting the ball out quick. It's, it's kind of crazy. So I agree. The Giants, I kind of wish that they went with this maybe a little bit earlier. We're not playing afraid of the sack, but the difference between some of the other offensive line performances of earlier in the year, where not every sack is created is created equally, I definitely think a lot of these sacks that Tommy DeVito took today were a lot of Tommy DeVito sacks versus earlier in the year. I think a lot of those games were just genuinely bad offensive line games. Um, so that's why I, I don't want to get too critical of the coaching staff well, earlier in the year being like, well, they should we should have stopped playing afraid of the coaching afraid of the sack earlier on in the year because I think it was a lot of Tommy DeVito sack led stuff today. He's just more comfortable trying to push the ball downfield than working the quick game, throwing hot and getting rid of the ball quick. The majority of the sacks were Tommy DeVito, uh, like Tommy DeVito uh, accredited sacks. Yeah. Um, right. And Brian Dable, like, Go listen to the press conference. <laughs> you know, they're, they're all asking questions about Tommy DeVito, and I get it, right? Brian Dable basically gives, like, everybody on offense credit except for DeVito. He keeps on, like, going back. Yeah, he had all those sacks, though. You know, he's like, good. he said, good job by Kafka. Called a good game. Scheming guys wide open and mentioned plays. You know, mentioned, uh, you know, the he's like, I thought the guys protected pretty well. But, you know, he took a lot of sacks that, you know, weren't on them. Um, like he was kind of giving everybody but DeVito credit, which was a little funny. Uh, and then obviously Saquon made uh big plays in this game. Uh, credit to DeVito on those two, though. Um, I actually thought those were his best two throws, were the first two ones to uh, the one on the first drive where he scrambled and threw it to Saquon, and then the, then the touchdown throw was really nice. By yeah, DeVito. the wheel, the wheel route was really nice, you know, kind of. Yeah. Saquon's got to contort his body a little bit. So, I mean, the throws were nice. And, you know, you, you, you got to give credit to the quarterback for delivering the ball against wide-open guys. But I think it's a combination of, man, that that Darius Slayton 40-yard touchdown was just so – hey, a pick a pick play that, that the Giants run, that number one, doesn't get called as offensive pass interference. Hallelujah. And then Brian Dable loses his shit. Um, beautifully executed pick – where I think they stack the formation to the right. There's no deep safety or there's nobody dropping back in zone playing that other side of the field. So Slayton just runs a crosser. He has one man to beat, does a little hezzy, beats him with speed, touchdown Giants. And it's just like, 
hey, like, I'm celebrating this deep explosive play, but I'm also thinking to myself, fire Jack Del Rio, because what the hell was that defense? <laughs> yeah, I went through some of the big plays and, and and like, want to explain what happened on them, because David did a great job, but also did a great job of taking advantage of a bad Jack Del Rio uh, call defense, right? So one thing was, and this is the Saquon credit, is that they were selling out to stop the run. Selling out, right? And I have, you know, first half, first, second half stats for Saquon that we'll get to in a second. So the first touchdown drive, you get a third and 13, you run a dagger concept, right? So they're they're actually sitting in zone, but you get protection. Tommy DeVito hangs in there, throws it, fires in a nice pass for 24 yards to slate, and that's a good throw. And then the Saquon first receiving touchdown was, again, good play calling. You get in three by one, so you get three guys on the left side. Bellinger's the one on the right but you have him lining up close to the formation and you have him attack the center field safety. You put a slate one on the wheel. Bam. DeVito puts a good throw on him, right? The Slayton uh, touchdown, that was a third and one, right? And they essentially had no safety, right? They had no safety playing deep. They run play action. They all crash. And like you said, they put that, like that wave mesh concept down the field and Slayton's wide ass open, right? And then you get Daniel Bellinger up the sideline out of the backfield you motion Wandale, you do a fa- a play action to Saquon, fake end around to Wandale, and Bellinger comes out of the f- backfield as a fullback. He's wide open, right? And then the second Saquon touchdown, again, you get in a three-by-one. You have those three all run crossers across the field. You have the one run crosser, and then you have Saquon leak out of the back out of the backfield, and, and he gets open for a touchdown, right? And then even the like the plays that DeVito didn't hit, and I'm sure there'll be more when I get to see all 22 film with this, but you mentioned that fourth and two, right? One, that's a bad sequence by Tommy DeVito. You have a third and two. I don't understand why Slayton, Wandale, and Saquon were off the field, but he should have pulled that anyways. And then fourth and two, and then you have to call a timeout. Run the most amazing mess concept where all three progressions are wide open. The first progression on that is the Saquon wheel rail route, right? The, the safety does not play on it. He gets into that, should have thrown it, right? Should That's your first read, should have thrown it. But guess what? That's not the, the, the most blatantly open throw in the world. There were two then other the guys sit- that were open. <laughs> Bellinger, uh, this, the middle linebacker blitzes. So, and the safety still plays deep. Bellinger is wide open on the sit route, right? And then they double, they they basically doubled Slayton at the beginning of the snap. And then Slayton's open on like the third progression. And then Domi DeVito's just running around and not throwing. Like he sh- should have 100% thrown to either Saquon or Bellinger and then still could have gotten the ball to Slayton and ends up throwing it away and they turn over the ball on down. So, and and again, Dave, that's something that Dable emphasized in, in the press conference. So, like, there was – with, like, good quarterback play, man, this could have been, like, a 49-50 point outing. But I, I really don't want to rip – like, I don't want to sit here ripping Tom. Like, Tom, we, we know that he's not an NFL I just, quarterback I, It's not me totally ripping Domi DeVito because, again, there should be a different standard for DeVito than there is other NFL quarterbacks, right? He's third string, undrafted free agent rookie, shouldn't be in this situation. But it's 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 less of that and more of me just praising how open guys were yeah. and praising this coaching staff for getting these guys in that spot. Because you can, you know, we you can talk about how, oh, well, they were undisciplined. But that was one of the things that fucking drove me nuts about the last coaching staff, right? When we played the super undisciplined Seahawks and the super undisciplined Cowboys uh before Dan Quinn showed up, and it's like, man. These guys, like, do you know how you take advantage of undisciplined defenses? By attacking them, not by running a stick concept 15 times, right? And that's what they did, and they had all these explosive plays from it. 
Yeah. So now, so now I'm I'm officially at the point where I I want to see this from another team not named Washington. And I and I hate to be one of those fans. And because I I think a good game, a good offensive output game, and a play in a game where you get so many explosive pass plays, I am now finally reaching that typical stereotypical Giants Giants fan being like, yeah, I know we could do it against Washington, and it low key doesn't matter against. What regime? Like, we could do it any regime that we could do this against Washington. I want to see it against uh, another team. But, again, I, I will I will 100% agree with you being like, yeah, I'm glad that Damon Kafka came with an offensive game plan against a quarterback that relatively had a bad game, but we still had all these explosive plays. Like, I think that's a credit to coaching, and I think that's a credit to Saquon Barkley uh, doing what he does. I think, that, think it's a credit to – you know some of the, some of the offensive line guys. I know even some of the sacks. You know I know John Michael Schmidt struggled a little bit. I know uh, Jonathan Allen beat Justin Pugh on one of those sacks. So um, credit to these guys on offense. Uh, Darius Slayton had a good game. Wandale had a good game. So credit yeah, to these guys Slayton's on offense that stepped long up. Term. Yeah, yeah. Finally, finally drafted Darius Slayton in fantasy. Got a good week. And he's leading the Giants in receiving again. So again. Got, that's that. Like you know, we talk about things we're invested in. I'm invested in Darius Slayton leading the Giants in receiving for. The fourth time in five years. I don't think Waller's going to come back when his IR window opens up. We'll see. I mean, he has the bye week, right? So they have a big long window. But yeah, there's there's absolutely no guarantees or like optimism that that's that's happening. Yeah, it also helps when you create six turnovers, three interceptions, and three fumbles. I want to talk about teams are like the command and the Commanders did more than the Dallas, but Dallas did too. They are keying in on Saquon, especially in the first half. Look, yeah. like look at look at these stats. The first two, so with Tommy DeVito as the starter, the last two first halves, Saquon 13 carries for negative one yards. And the second half, 14 for 146 yards. So negative yards per carry versus over 10 yards per carry in halves. And I do think that like is like the the commander specific. Again, we're just selling out. You have six carries for negative two yards. And that's another thing we can credit the coaching staff with is despite the fact that he had DeVito at QB, you didn't just sit there and just hand it off to Saquon and being like, well, hopefully we don't turn over the ball and we can we can push our way down to 13 points. Right, right. Bobby, can I talk about something before we continue to talk about Saquon? Because I also uh, have, I have some money. Yeah, folks. we can do that. Yeah, let's talk about something. Little little tease, little tease. Well, have you talked about Saquon enough? Well, guess what? You got to wait. Got to wait a couple more minutes because we got to talk about cushy dreams. That's right. The world can be a crazy, stressful, overwhelming place. So what do you want to do when you just want to forget all that and chill our friends at Cushy Dreams? They got you. Cushy Dreams is the finest in legal cannabis. That's products like Smokable Delta 8 CBD Flower and Pre-Rolls, and they've got gummies. I'm a big gummy bear guy. Their Delta 9 THC gummies contain the same active type of THC as the stuff they only sell at the dispensary, they come in strawberry. I'm a big strawberry guy. Sour watermelon, green apple, and tangerine. And everything from Cushy Dreams is federally legal in the United States and discreetly shipped to you. And they're doing they're running a giveaway. One winner will get a pack of Cushy Dreams product worth over $250. Whoa. That includes pre-rolls, gummies, and more. And how to win. You're automatically entered when you make a purchase this month and use promo code GIANTS25. Each purchase counts as one entry, 21 plus. So go to cushydreams.com, K-U-S-H-Y, dreams.com, and use promo code GIANTS25 
That's G-I-A-N-T-S, the number 2-5 for 25% off your next order. That's 25% off and entry to win free stuff with promo code GIANTS25. Bobby Skinner, you'll be glad you did. And I want to give Mike Kafka credit. Look at that seamless transition. I want to give Mike Kafka credit too because what was it? Like, you know, six attempts for minus one yard. And then finally, it was in that second half in the third quarter where they start calling these pitch plays and then that's when the running game kind of opens up and you see all the big explosive Saquon Barkley running plays. Yeah, they, I mean, those linebackers were selling out up up the middle, right? I think so, And they don't have the most athletic linebackers either outside of Jamin Davis, who it's got a little bit of a slow processor. So, like you said, get outside get outside the tackles. You have Andrew Thomas. You got Bellinger to use as a fullback. It seems like they're lose, using Tyree Jackson, who is, who is bigger than Cager, as more uh, than Lawrence Cager, because Tyrese Jackson, I guess, can block a little better than Lawrence Cager, but it's still with like, you know, Chris Myrick got cut. And yeah. I think that was a move to bring him back. But I don't know, because he got released from IR. Did he get claimed by anybody? No. Okay, then. But I think when you get released from I like the reason you would release him from IR is to like possibly bring him back because he's healthy. But anyways, I don't feel like getting into a Chris Meyer thing right now. Um, I, know, I know you want But yeah, to, Saquon, like we said before, like the receipt, that first touchdown catch was great. Great throw from DeVito. And we vote like the Saquon receiving conversation is always the most annoying because no one listens to each other. It's like, yeah, Saquon is not like the best receiving back in the NFL, right? But he's such an athlete and a weapon that he should be. He is a receiving weapon, even if he's not the best like route runner or anything. And you can't really... You're not going to use him to like be a chain mover. You're going to be using to use explosives, and that's what they did in this game. And guess what? He's he's their receiving touchdown leader this year. He has four. Second, we just played the game on the preview, Bob Justin. The second is like six different guys with one. Um, did Slayton take the lead in that? No, they're they're all tied with one because Slayton didn't have any. Oh, Slayton didn't game. have one. Okay, congratulations. Yeah, who's our interception leader? I, I saw you tweet this out, Darnay Holmes, but I but I can't remember the other ones that Darnay Holmes has. Yeah, last week versus the Cowboys. So it's, so we had so we had some guys tied with one, and then Darnay Holmes has two, and now he's good. Yeah, everyone else has okay. one. Um, Pinnock should have had one, and that would have been two for him. Yeah, that would have been he would have been tied for the lead. Um, but right, yeah, so you're, like you're you, not you're not coming away from this game saying like oh the giants should be using Saquon Barkley more as a receiver like this like dear that's no, not No I I do I do I think you use him where you can see his athleticism shine and, and not in like quick game type stuff now you use him in like the fl- the flats and the flares and stuff like that but when you do have some confidence in protection and that's that's the other issue right like if if Saquon was on the Eagles he would look. He'd have much better receiving stats, right? Because they tr- they can block. They can block with five. The Giants, for the most part, can't. So Saquon does suffer from that from in the stay in protection, and he be- he's become a pretty good blocking back, despite that he did give up a sack today. But it's like the longer developing plays as when Saquon can be his best down the field, right? right. When you you know just when you have time to protect and let him get down the field from outside out of the backfield, not lining him up out wide, but lining him up out of the backfield. Which again, I think all of his receiving touchdowns are from out of the backfield. What was the one? What was the second one? So the Cardinals one. Did he have um, one against the? No, he didn't have. No, Brito had the only touchdown against the Niners. It was the Cardinals two this week, and I think it might have been a Tommy DeVito one. Like in garbage time. 
Yeah, maybe versus the Raiders. Yeah. Anyways, I'm not going to stress over that right now. Uh, Defensively, Justin. Created six turnovers with three interceptions and three fumbles, and the Giants did score 24 points off those turnovers. You know, uh, four-play, 48-yard touchdown drive off the Flot force fumble, five-play, 68-yard touchdown drive off the Okereke force fumble, then a 46-yard field goal drive off the Darnay Holmes interception, and then the Isaiah Simmons pick six itself. Uh, Who is, like, your – the guy you want to talk about on defense, and why is it Kayvon Thibodeau? No, I mean, I thought you were gonna. I thought you were gonna go in the direction of who's like the player of the game, in your opinion. Um, I, I first would want to talk about Dex. Yeah, Dex. I, I mean, Kayvon had much better stats than Dex, but obviously Dex is. I mean, Dex is the best player on on this defense yeah. by a mile. I mean, Dex uh, forced like turnovers too. Like you know, just uh, dude, that that play was so impressive where. Jonathan Vilma was talking about it too. It was Sam Howell, the one was that the Darnay interception, the one that was just a lame duck that hung in the air forever. Yeah, that was the Darnay interception, which I thought was a great play from Wink too. Yeah, because but, go ahead. No, I was going to say because Jonathan Vilma pointed out Sam Howell probably is not thinking that Sam Howell probably thinks that he has all the time in the world to set his feet and throw a deep like a deep fifty fifty ball. And I think it was Jahan Dotson that was down there. So, yeah, you could say it's not a smart decision with two Giants defenders down there. But Dexter Lawrence gets there. I mean, he <laughs> just moves in the open field. He's 350 pounds, and he's not supposed to move like that in the open field. And he you know, he has the quickness. He's fast for a 350-pounder. So Sam Howell probably doesn't think that Dexter Lawrence is going to get there, but he hits his arm, and it's a lame duck that sits up in the air for, tw- for 20 seconds, and Holmes is able to come down with the interception. But you want to talk about schematics. Well, even on that play, right? Like, again, you you saw that first Commanders game. They lined up in cover zero. They blitzed the piss out of him. They played man coverage the entire game, right? Wink didn't do that in this game. And you're going to look at, like, the total yards and stuff, and it's going to look a lot worse, but you created all the turnovers. And you can't – the intercepts – turnovers are – when turnovers are fumbles, they're a little less – they're a lot less predictable in what you play, but they did have interceptions. They did have two interceptions anyways. They're poking that shit out, though. Yeah, no, I'm saying that's the good coaching, but that's not like your schematics of like playing man right, versus zone. Right. Yes. Um, and again, you like you look at they ran the ball pretty damn well, and that was because they played a lot of their zone. Like they played in mostly zone coverages, but even like they didn't get it. They didn't even like fake those cover zero looks a lot. But the one time, one of the couple times they did was that Darnay interception. And what did Sam Howell do from the start of that snap when he got in that cover zero look? That was a, that was a game planning. They didn't get to it much because they didn't get that look, he immediately sprints out of the park. Immediately sprints out of the park. But guess what? Wink drops everybody back. You're in a regular zone coverage. And now you just you just sprint out of the pocket for no reason at all. Um, and now you just cut off, you know, two-thirds of the field, essentially, when guys are working deep, too. Um, so, like, there was some good stuff, um, like, in those coverages. And, and again, it led to intercept, led to the dark, like, it literally led to that darn interception. You know, the Nick McLeod interception was great, right? Where he's watching that safety, he sees the safety bite down, but McLeod kind of knows they're running that Mills concept, which is the deep post. And then, uh, you know, that in, that in that deep in route that's supposed to take part of the safety, they know, hey, they're going to throw the deep post to De'Ami Brown. They don't throw anything else but that to De'Ami Brown. McLeod just stays deep on it, doesn't let him snag him and gets that interception. And then obviously the fumbles by Okereke, Flott, and who had the other forced fumble? 
Okereke. I think Okereke. Oh, one was on two. special teams. Um, yeah, but Okereke had two forced fumbles, I believe. Yeah. So you know, yes, he did. You know, the good. That's just good individual coaching on those cats to make those plays. So there, I mean, there was a lot of good defensive stuff and playing, playing to the personnel that you had out there, right? Noah Dore, Flaught had to lead the game early for an ejection, which was kind of silly. Um, on the on the officials call the play dead and learn how to use your microphones. Yeah. Um, well, maybe the microphones just weren't working because nothing else was working in FedEx Field. Uh, uh, oh my god! I I tweeted out sarcastically, and maybe some people didn't get it. I tweeted out just like just just in case you missed that the showers aren't working at FedEx Field. Like er, er, everybody tweeted out at the same time. Like, yeah, we 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 get it. Shower, showers. Well, those are that's one of those things where you can't be you you can't. I it is funny because when they, everyone tweets out the same thing at once, but that's one of those things. You are racing to be the first person that tweets that out because you know it's going to do. You also know that you're. You have numbers. to know. You have to know that you're not the first person to tweet it out. If it's yeah, but sometimes you know, and you're just like, hey, I got to tweet this out because I know I'll get at least some interaction off of it. Um, we didn't tweet. We just quote tweeted um Charlotte and just said shithole FedEx feel. Yep, like yep. You just said, just huh? rag just rag on that. Oh, uh, but let's talk about Kayvon. I had a thought before the game, and I didn't tweet it out. Thank God I didn't tweet it out. I had a thought before the game. Kayvon's been pretty quiet since that Jets game. And that's two games, but yeah. I know. I hate. I know. I know two games. But again, we a fifth overall pick. We want a fifth overall pick that that transcends and impacts the game, impacts every single game. But it was it was like not just quiet. It was crickets, Bobby. And I know it's two games, but it, it was crickets. And that's not what we should expect from the fifth overall pick of last year's draft. And I was even glad, like, remove the two sack plays. I was just happy with his game. I was happy with the way that he was playing the run. I was happy with even some of his plays where he was even wasn't getting sacks. I was happy with how he was working the left tackle, and I was happy with some of the moves that he was doing. So, which that's what I that's what I want to start doing for Kayvon Thibodeau, because people are going to react to the sacks. I want to be like, we're in my head. Remove the sacks from Kayvon Thibodeau game from Kayvon's game did he still have a good game and for this game I say yes he still had a good game when you take out the sacks and then you include the sacks and lo and behold he's the first player under the Wink Martindale scheme to have 10 plus sacks blah 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 he gets 10 sacks in 11 games awesome stuff good from Kayvon well the sacks are 100% matter a ton right like, no that's not and, but that's not what I'm saying what I'm saying I, is I I want to start removing from them and still saying, did Kayvon have a good game? And for this game, it was yes. There are other games this year where he had a sack, and it's like, well, Kayvon still played a bad game, but because he had a sack in the box score, fans are satisfied with the game. I disagree. I, I think the only game you can point to that is the 49ers game, right? Like the Seahawks game, was he freaking going crazy? No, but he did make plays, and he did make those sacks. You know, the same with the, the Dolphins game, too. It's if he's consistently being able to do that, like that type of shit, like those are those are drive ending plays, and not everyone can make the sacks that he gets, right? And he's getting them in a in a bunch of different ways that he's doing it. But again, he had three QB hits, two tackles for a loss in this game. Like he's becoming, he's starting to really stuff up the stat sheet. Um, and yeah, there there is there growth in Kayvon's game, absolutely. But you look at me and you show me the advanced numbers and all that after year two, 11 games, huh? I'm happy, right? Like again, he's we don't. I, I don't have any. I don't have expectation to be like top pass rusher in the NFL. Miles Garrett, Joey Bosa, type cat. 
but man, he's like he is he is on his way to a pretty damn good pass rusher. And there's and there's and like you said, there's still a lot he's able to do these types of things, and there still is a lot of room for growth too. So um yeah, obviously there is there times and games where he goes yeah, he's streaky. He is a streaky player, right? Yeah, and we need him to be better versus better competition. Um but, you know, playing against Mekhi Becton, having that game, who I think is a pretty solid left tackle in the NFL when he is actually healthy and playing, um, that was a, a big – I thought that was a big moment for him, especially with the criticism that was coming that week for him. Uh, so, yeah, but, K, I mean, having 10 and a half sacks in a week, Martin, like, that's no coincidence, right? And that's the conversation we had all offseason. Like, don't don't look – don't be – we said don't be mad if he doesn't have the sack numbers, and he's – like doing that right and it's there's not many guys that can do that matt judon went on to new england and was kind of like a defensive player of the year candidate in one in his first year up in new england and that was after playing in a wink martindale scheme which doesn't prioritize edge rushers getting sacks necessarily so we're 11 games in Kayvon has 10 and a half sacks um like the the two categories of forcing negative plays right sacks and tackles for loss we're 11 games in and both of those categories are double digits, and that's that's awesome. That's great. That reminds me, of I want to look something up on like that after the game, or after this podcast. Um, when it, uh, oh, let's uh, let's let's do a quiz because I saw, I saw do a barrel roll did this. Um, who are the last five Giants with ten plus sacks in a single season? Name them. Leonard Williams, two thousand twenty. Yes. Marcus Golden, two thousand nineteen. Yes. Vernon didn't do it. Nope. JPP has to be one of them. JPP in 2014 and 2011. So there's one more. Oh, so we're counting. We're counting. J- so there's f- five seasons, I should say. Five Giants, but with, yeah. Four Giants, but five seasons. Ayers didn't get 10, did he? No, he did not. But he did lead the team in sacks in 2015, but did not get I'm, 10. I'm going to say OC. No, Justin Tuck, 2013. Oh, yeah, Tuck. I didn't realize, yeah, okay. I kind of got four out of five. That's good. That was, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. Good quiz. There, I love trivia. Is there another um, quiz I want to give you? I'm excited for this week's first, the Patriots. Je- Danny better come with some, like, relevant, like, not obvious Super Bowl or, you know, regular season games from those Super Bowl trivia, but, like, stuff that's, like, you know. I don't. It better not be any question from like the 1988 Giants Patriots game. Danny keeps saying that he's running out of trivia. That's that's actually impossible. Yeah, that, yeah, that doesn't make any sense, Danny King. Danny's acting like we've been tri- doing this podcast for 20 years and he's running out of. We we've been doing this this segment for like two or three. <laughs> yeah, no way we're running out of trivia. We're not running out of trivia. <laughs> uh, well, there is sometimes if he asks us questions about like the 80s and stuff, it's like yeah, he has those trivia questions, but it's. Uh, it's like we're just guessing. Yeah. Like we're not going to pretend like we were there watching those games live. Um, yeah. So the, the Nick have... McLeod and Isaiah Simmons. That was, did you uh, did you see a fan threw an Isaiah uh, threw an Isaiah threw a beer can at Isaiah Simmons as he fell into the end zone? Missed. Missed. I got. I, if you look at all the replies, I bet you the first ten are like, did Sam Howell throw it? Ah uh-huh. ha Can I? I have an observation. This could be completely wrong. Is Research Rick in this chat right now? I think he tweeted about it. No, he's not. Doug, Doug. The defensive you... tackle usage and stuff? No, 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 no. No, I, I need to see Isaiah Simmons' speed that he hit on the interception return. 
I was excited that he got the ball in his hands and he was going down on the side down the sideline because I'm like, okay, Isaiah Simmons, open field speed, here we go. I was expecting him to be faster. What? By my eye test. There's a couple players. So will 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 interceptions count as ball carrier? Yes, they do. All right, let's see. Week eleven. Saquon's fifth for the week at 20.45 on the 31-yard rush. I think he had two plays that were fast this week. Does it list Isaiah Simmons? No, no not in the top 20. So he right. didn't hit 19.86 miles per hour. Did not. Ron Bland did, though. He had another interception this week. Dude, he's so good. And I just One of my the- takes when Diggs went down, I was like, yeah, I think the Cowboys' defense is going to be able to survive without Diggs. But, like – Diggs makes him such an advantage because of the turnovers he creates. Uh, so is Deron Bland going to get those interceptions? And look at me. Yeah, Deron Bland. And, and just the way that, dude, I, he leaked, I think it's like close to an NFL record in the amount of pick sixes that he's had in a year. And he's just so good with the ball in his hands, too. Just like a natural cut. It's like, he, he look, looks like whenever a Giants player gets an interception in their hands, looks like there's just like a newborn deer. And they're like, oh, I'll fall down. But he just knows what he's doing with the ball in his hands. It's kind of it's kind of crazy. I'm waiting what's, for Doug Analytics. What senior bowl receiver had the highest speed of of the week? It down in Mobile. No, today this week. Um, Tank Dell probably. No, Jaden Reed, who again oh. is not like the fastest guy in the world either. It was That's actually crazy. on a rushing play too. That's crazy. Um, can I? All right, so we talked about Okereke. I thought he would be faster. That was that was an observation. I mean Simmons, but yes. And what did I? Who did I say? Okay, okay. Okay, okay. Also, even though the run defense was lacking, good transition. Okay, okay did play very well. I want to talk about Bobby Okereke because I how many turnovers has he forced this year? I mean, he's had his hand in and two interceptions or three interceptions, you know, two tipped up and one for himself. Um two forced fumbles. Today he had two forced fumbles today. He had to. Did he have the force fumble on the special teams play? By the way, who picked up this? Who picked up the fumble on the special teams play? Uh, your guy, Javarius Owens. Always around the ball, Javarius Owens. Bobby Okereke has won two force fumbles on the year. He does not have any fumble recoveries, and that does not count today. So that's a total of four force fumbles on the year. What other? What other? So then you said three, three plays where there there have been interceptions. Yeah, he intercepted one, and then he tipped up one to McFadden versus the Bills, and one to Pinnock versus the Dolphins. I feel like there's more, but for sake, having your hand in five turnovers in ten games is crazy. Yeah, Flock's force fumble was really cool too. Did you? All right. Do you have like any other like analysis and stuff from the game? No, no. I, I again, I just want to emphasize, like I, oh, I, I really, Okereke is a really good signing, and I'm, I'm, I'm glad that he's here, and I'm glad that he's still, like, playing his ass off. And at least, I, I think it, I think it is like it took him a few weeks too, and he's now just super confident in this defense. And I like the, I like seeing the growth. You know, not coming in from day one and just be like, I'm a stud. But I, I like, I like seeing the growth and be, and being comfortable and, you know, the, the way Locked that he plays. Too. The way that he plays and the way that he leads, like that's almost like I don't know how he speaks and I don't know if he's like a leader by the words that he says, but at least he's being a leader by example where I'm not just going to go in and make a tackle. I'm going to try and 
get that ball out and jam that ball out every single opportunity that I could get. I'm going to dive and I'm going to, you know, make insane coverage plays. Like he's giving his all and he's busting his nut out there. And I, I like that that could set an example for a defense and, you know, even a young secondary uh, that needs to see that kind of stuff. And I think Micah McFadden has benefited from it as well. So awesome. What's he busting out there? His nut. No, you're supposed to. Oh, my God. Just, it's busting his hump. Anyways. Um, busting his nut. Did you see the Deontay Banks Instagram live or the clip of it? Yeah, I like it. I'm a fan of it. Here's the thing. Did he have a bad game? <laughs> well, both commanders' touchdowns were Deontay Banks. Like, he gave a touchdown to Jahan Dotson, and then he had that weak-ass tackle attempt on the Sam Howell play that led to the fight. Right? And again, I'm not like... And he's and he, he kind of was like, well, you know, did 17 play in this game? He didn't line up on McLaurin most of the game. Like, they played sides <laughs> this game, and they played zone coverage. Like, he wasn't lined up on McLaurin. Maybe he was, asking, maybe he was asking, did 17 play in this game? Because he didn't see him too much. So he was yeah, that's, maybe that's what it was. <laughs> but even though McLaurin didn't have, like, a typical McLaurin, he did have five catches for 43 yards. Like, it's not as... So, I love the confidence, but a part of me is like, yeah, if I was a Commanders fan, I would be like, I would be like, what is wrong with you? Like... You gave up a touchdown. You gave up essentially two touchdowns, and you didn't even cover McLaurin. That would be very triggered by that. Even though well, Forbes too bad. Beat probably the Giants. Been... Beat the Giants. That is true. So, but I, but hey, cornerback is a, a confidence position, and sometimes it needs to be. Sometimes you to be good at cornerback. Sometimes you need to have confidence, even when it's not even earned confidence, right? right. Like you, it's, you got to have some arrogance to it, right? Like I think that was that's that part was of more or less. That was more or less. The commanders passed on me, and they took Emmanuel Forbes, who was not a conventional first-round pick. They took Emmanuel Forbes over Deontay Banks, and that's what that was about. It wasn't about Terry McLaurin, and I locked him down. It was about this team that I thought maybe well, could have taken the- me in the draft. And also, I think he grew up a commanders fan, too. So now he's like, fuck them. Oh. I'm a giant. They passed on me in the draft. Let's go. I that think makes more really sense that he grew up a Commanders fan. Actually, no, he grew up a Ravens fan. You're wrong. Well, then somebody on the internet lied. All right, he's he's from the D.C. area, <laughs> I guess. I don't know. Uh, he's from Mar- Maryland. Crab cakes and football. Uh, anything else? Anything else we got? Anything else we got? No, we 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 won a game. The world's not going to end. Don't worry. There's. There's plenty. There's plenty of more chances to go out there and get our ass kicked. Don't you worry. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, so you're undefeated is, at Giants games, though. That that's it's one thing. of the few things that I, I do get a little triggered about still online. It's like the, it's it might be why like one I have all like the reasoning now in this season. It's better for the Giants to lose games because the season's over. You're not playing a quarterback, whatever. Blah blah. But it's. The other part of it is like, you know what? It's just way less annoying to just t- tell you guys to deal with it, too. Uh, like, the tanking conversation is the most annoying shit in the world, as much as I am in on the tank. Um, all right, that's an episode. We'll be back Wednesday for a mailbag pod. Congrats to Tommy DeVito on his first win of thousands of we thousands of wins uh, to come for the guy. We didn't We didn't talk about him doing this. That was the oh yeah the the the, the thing, uh, yeah the that thing. was good. 
we need to get a lot of pizza people on Patreon this week to celebrate. And here's the thing is he's going to be two and one because guess who's coming up to the game next week? I, I I just mentioned that and you you just went right by it. You're 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 undefeated at Giants games. What what is this? We we need to make an official decision. Like if they lose, do you still win? No, we don't do gimmicks with my thing. They either the Giants either win or they lose. There's no you could, gimmicks you involved. You could say that this. you could say that the Jason Garrett thing. Was there, there's no gimmicks involved. <laughs> Sometimes you forget that not everyone listened in 2021. Okay. Um. We'll see you guys on Wednesday for a mailbag pod. Until then, let's go big blue.